1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host Kane Pittman here on a Tuesday alongside my good friend and host of the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. Away from his usual Monday podcast Sunday night recording uh, time slot, uh, I did. You know, I, I didn't send the usual text through to you last night, Justin. I, I can only assume that you were you were sitting by the phone waiting all night long.
0: Yeah, it was a weird feeling where I kept looking at my watch too, like. <laughs> It is Sunday, right? And then I saw the Packers play, and, like, it's got to be Sunday. So here we are.
1: I probably – that's my bad. I I should have at least texted you to say, listen, I'm not going to send through a late request here uh, to talk about the box. Frank uh, did flag early uh, – actually, towards the end of last week that he was going to podcast on Sunday. So that's my bad. I apologize for that. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, well, it keeps me on my toes, so I just, you know, every couple of days go over, man, I wonder what we could possibly talk about today, where it's got to be like, you know, what a relief pitcher feels like, where you know your time is going to be called at some point, you just don't know when, so you got to be ready.
1: No, that's a a good point you make, but uh, I think the positive thing, the sense we're starting to get a little bit, some of the reports coming out, that the NBA does not want to make this an extended offseason. I think part of the reason for that is clearly... Some of these teams have been sitting around doing nothing since March. So I think that's part of the reason we know they still have to go through the draft process, which is going to be uh, in about a month's time, November 18, and then free agency. So we still got all those shenanigans. But then it feels like the NBA season is going to be here pretty quickly. There's some talk that it could be January, could be February. And I think as far as this podcast goes and uh, as far as I go, I think I would be very, very happy about that. The one thing I will say, I'm not sure if I'll be back in Milwaukee for the start of the season, which is a shame depending on, on how things go. But uh, basketball returning ASAP, I think I would be down with that.
0: Well, uh, are we really sure who is going to be in Milwaukee? I mean, even those of us that are currently in Milwaukee, we don't know who's going to be there. And, um, you know, it it's weird because on the one hand, you, you know, as you just laid out and it feels like, okay, all these things are building and I do – you know, I I do kind of feel like it's going to be Martin Luther King day and we're going to start to head towards that realization or at least it'll become official probably within the next few weeks and then we'll see the rest of the pieces start to fall into place of, you know, uh, free agency and everything else on the calendar. But, you know, when you stop and think about it, it also feels like it's a lifetime away where you're already saying, man, January, <laughs> we still have a couple of months to get through where we basically had the off season. Uh, during the first wave of the pandemic. And now it's an abbreviated version of that almost.
1: It's true. But the one thing I will say is as we continue to roll through these podcasts and lockdown On Bucks, and, and again, we've got endless uh, questions coming through from listeners and and theories and thoughts and suggestions, because it is such an intriguing offseason for the Bucks coming up and again we had some sort of I don't even want to call it a report okay I'm not going to get too carried away here there's an ESPN story Tim Bontemps within that story he suggested that multiple sources tell him that the Bucks aren't going to trade Giannis well I, I can confirm that as well I, I mean I, we, we speak to people Justin we know the Bucks aren't going to be looking to trade uh, Giannis I don't think that there's going to be any kind of a radical trade request out of that camp so as far as the question is, this news? No, it's not really news at all. But anytime Giannis is mentioned, I'm sure Bucks fans are very quick to click on the story. But of course, you're not trading Giannis, Justin. This is—did did we need to be told this?
0: Well, what's the bigger story that uh, Tim Bontemps confirming the Bucks won't deal Giannis, or that the Sacramento Kings intend on pursuing
1: Giannis? That was pretty well done. That was pretty well done by our uh, by our friend over there. He did uh, he, Nihilus Bucks. Able to, to pick up some serious traction with that tweet. Uh, rough day for him, by the way, uh, with Ersan over the contract, uh, intermediate days until uh, the contract runs out. We did speak about Ersan a little bit on yesterday's pod, but as far as Giannis goes, nothing really changed for you? Still the same sense that uh, you believe that there might be uh, some sort of contract extension coming? I know uh, I, I mentioned it a couple of times, the the feeling I'm getting, the sense I'm getting from people that are close enough to the situation tells me that there is a confidence there that there's some sort of extension is going to be uh, signed here. But certainly he's going to be a Milwaukee Buck next season. And I, I think even the little things like George Hill finding his way over to Greece and holiday with Giannis and Vin Baker as well. I mean, I, I think, yeah. again, all the signs are pointing to Bucks fans having some sort of level of comfort, I think.
0: I mean, yeah, There, it's one thing to be confident in the old, you know, will it into existence <laughs> adage, but it's entirely separate to have the amount of confidence that we're kind of picking up here from the team where um, it, it leads you to believe in, and I, and I think you and I are, are kind of aligned here. It may have been you that I talked about this with, um, you know, I think of all the, the scenarios, the most likely, while I don't think you're going to get, the uh, super max extension signed this off season for the various reason that we've, we've gone through. I do get a pretty strong sense that even if it's just a shorter term deal, that that's the route that happens where maybe he signs, you know, a two year deal or one plus one here. And then it, you just delay it by a couple of years. But uh, the more that you've heard come out of there and just the overall um, front that the bucks front office and that everybody around the team is putting up is a extraordinary, you know, supreme amount of confidence that I feel like, look, it may not be a long-term deal, but
1: something does get signed here within the next year. And look, we've said this before, and I think this is 100% the case, you know, uh, next year he's contracted. So even if he did uh, sign a, a one plus one or, a, you know, a two-year deal, a three-year deal, uh, you'll take anything. You'll take anything. It's a Bucks fan. Another year of Giannis is another year of contention uh, for an NBA championship. And that's all you can really ask. So you know, certainly the supermax in another the five years and saying, okay, well, we've got Giannis for six years here. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. Uh, that would be the absolute optimum result here. But I, I think any extension, you've got to be happy with any uh, locked-in time you get with a player like Giannis.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the interesting thing about uh, this whole experience too is, you know, I've seen uh, on the one hand you have people that – um Kind to of say the same things that we just went over and that look if you read between the lines here the organization is confident and you know you talk about Giannis the person and just his ties to you know the city and the community obviously and just the amount of loyalty that he has so there's that that portion of it but then you know there's another segment of fan that says well Wisconsin sports we've become you know prone <laughs> and, and used to disappointment where we've seen the big guys leave and I've heard that brought up quite a bit uh, which just isn't true. I mean, Ryan Braun effectively played his entire career with the Brewers as an MVP. Christian Yelich came here and stayed here and and may finish his career here. Aaron Rodgers in the same boat. You can throw out Brett Favre, but that's much different. The the big difference between this and the other ones that we outline, are, and, and frankly, any of the superstars in Wisconsin sports that we've had in this state before, is, look, if you go with the NFL and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, I mean, it's just It's not apples to apples that we're comparing here where uh, just how sparsely you see players traded and the logistics behind it, it was never going to happen. That if guys leave in the NFL, it's through free agency. And you do have that where you can, you know, it seems like you're easier able to keep your guys. Baseball, kind of the same thing where, look, you can point to Prince Fielder leaving, great player, but he's nowhere near on the level of Giannis in his sport. So sure, he left. Uh, With Giannis, I mean – All of those guys are guys, save for the two examples in the NFL, which we already said is a lot different, none of them are in the category of Giannis in that, look, even if this guy leaves, we know we have him under contract for a year, so so long as we have him for that year, we are a championship contender. And while it may be frustrating and worrisome to know, what if he decides to leave? You have to ride it out, and we've gone over this before, but you have to ride it out just for that reason and that as long as you have him, and look no further than what a week ago when we talked and the Bucks had the third highest title odds, 95% of that reason is because of Giannis. So as long as you have him, even if it's just for one more year, you got to ride it out because that's going to be your best shot at winning a championship.
1: Oh, we've always said that. I mean, even if you get a trade package, and you look at the the package that New Orleans ended up getting, uh, for Anthony Davis fantastic incredible package unbelievable deal right. they still would have been closer to winning a championship with Anthony Davis that's that's the simple fact whether or not you point to you know the his playoff record in the past having that guy a top five guy a locked in top five guy just puts you in a better position to compete so there's no trade package that would put the Bucks closer to winning the championship uh, if they trade Giannis so yeah of course I mean you absolutely keep him and again I think the stubbornness of Giannis he's got that competitive Stubbornness, he does, and we know that. You talk to him, you hear the way that he speaks about this team, the way he speaks about the city, and winning a championship. I think again, uh, that's what sets him apart from from other players that have been in this instance. And I think why uh, he might be, for better or worse, for his own personal <laughs> career, he might be stubborn enough that he said, no, "I'm not leaving until I win here."
0: And you know, one uh, quick thing on it too is we have you know, we've seen and we've heard about all these teams. That are kind of in a holding pattern, or at least the contracts and salaries they're going to take on this year are just one year deals, if possible, so they can load up for 2021. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't imagine it happening, but what if you did work something out with Giannis before next summer, we think, or falls off season before the 2021 free agency period, and he doesn't become a free agent? I mean, how much of a wrench, how big of a wrench does that throw into everything where you had these teams that may have passed on some things and were just looking for one-year deals and trying to hold Pat so they had as much financial flexibility and all of a sudden he's gone. So, all right, now maybe we'll we'll explore some other things and go to options B and C. I mean, we talked about the uncertainty of uh, some teams in the East a couple of uh, shows ago but just the uncertainty of the league and what that would do to all of a sudden make teams do a 180 and say, okay, that's gone. Now, maybe we will explore big trades.
1: Well, that's the perfect segue into our conversation about DJ Wilson. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at rockauto.com. We know the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com and you can shop for all the auto and body parts your car will possibly need from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. It's the best way to go about it right now. I mean, no one wants to get in the car. No one wants to be going out, being around people, going to doing shopping. No one wants to do that right now. So to being able to do it online and have that home delivery is the absolute Best possible result for the 2020 climate. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then make sure you check out Built Go. You've heard me speak about Built Bar, but Built Go is the new product, the new and exciting product. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Built Go is easy to take in 1.5-ounce packages. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. I can sell you this. I got another package of Built Go in the mail the other day. It's fantastic. The three delicious flavors they have are peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint as well. The offer we've got for you guys, go to builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. DJ Wilson is, a, is an interesting player. I think a polarizing player with Bucks fans. Certainly, I, I think that there is still some lingering support for playing DJ Wilson. I think it certainly tailed I'm off. sorry, did you say some? Yeah, well, I, I think there's some. I, I think it dropped off this year. I think it tailed off as the season went on. Certainly, it reached peak levels, uh, I would say, around uh, January, February 2019. I, I think it was peak <laughs> DJ Wilson. Uh, support certainly uh, among the the Bucks Twitter world. But we've got a question here from Paul Benson who asks, am I crazy to think DJ Wilson can be part of the answer to our playoff problems? Can't he be an athletic switchy big who can stretch the floor? I think he could shoot 37% on catch-and-shoot threes and he can capably guard threes, fours, and fives. Oh, boy. I, I don't really even know where to start on this one. But the one thing I will say... If you remember back to uh, the situation where the Bucs had to make a roster move uh, earlier this season, and I think even at this point, and, and I think that this is probably the telltale sign of where the support kind of started to wane a little bit for DJ Wilson when I saw a lot of Bucks fans saying, why don't you just cut DJ Wilson instead of Dragon Bender? And obviously at the time, the fact that the Bucs had 4.5 million dollars locked up in DJ Wilson for the upcoming season made it a move that they financially weren't going to make. Bender was the only one that the Bucks were actually able to cut, but I think the fact that that was even a discussion point, the fact that there was even, uh, I guess, public support for DJ uh, Dragon Bender to stay on the Bucks over DJ Wilson probably shows how far his stock fell this season. Basically, due to s and being healthy. Like, let's just, let's just say that. I mean, that's basically the main reason why this happened. DJ Wilson's minutes dropped from 882 down to 363. He basically was a garbage time player and, and not much else. He got one start, which I can't actually remember, but I would assume maybe it was the Denver game, uh, the last game before the season shut down yeah. when there was a really strange starting lineup there. That's the only game I can really put my finger on that he started although i mean we're talking we're talking a long time ago so maybe there was another one but i believe that would have been it so i don't really know what my read is on dj wilson anymore we just haven't seen him
0: yeah it's a tough one where you know you and i were talking about this and i feel like there was certainly a amount of intrigue when you drafted him, and I think what we were all told at the time that DJ Wilson was drafted, and maybe if you watched him enough at Michigan, you may have picked up on this as well, but the general thought about DJ coming in was that he was a stretch four who could pretty efficiently knock down threes and was going to struggle to rebound. In the, what, three, four years that have passed with uh, DJ Wilson in the league and in the three years with the Bucks. We've seen almost the opposite, where um, you know, sure, he has the ability to knock down the three, uh, but he's really been a two-point player, and you know, the majority of his shots have been around the rim or three-point attempts. But uh, he's been most efficient in the mid-range, which not a heavy volume, but still, that's where he's really thrived, and he's been a terrific rebounder in the minutes that he's played. Defensively, I think is where he has the biggest upside, and that's the biggest asset that he possesses. Uh, so the question was put to his ability to to go across multiple positions and really when the love affair with dj wilson began as you pointed to that time frame when he stepped in because of the injury to urson and we saw him go through a stretch i think in back-to-back games where he closed things out defensively defending blake griffin and then the next game was against the pelicans and he was the one primarily on anthony davis and he held up in both of those matchups uh it kind of fizzled out after that where Um, it it may have coincided with the injury that shelved him for a bit, but we started to see the productivity tail off. And then this year with the amount of depth that they had, he was never going to find his footing. And you look at the minutes and everything else and and how drastically it cut back. Um, You know, he played in half as many games and half as many minutes from uh, the previous year to last year. So it was going to be tough with how deep this team was, Uh, but you know, the fact that he was buried on the bench behind even Ursan Ilyasova, who you may scoff at that at the beginning of the year, but, you know, we can joke about Bud's affinity for Urson and his love for him, but we also saw Bud essentially kick him to the curb in place of Marvin Williams down the stretch. So Bud did recognize, look, this is the better option here, and I think if you would have seen more from DJ Wilson, we would have seen more from DJ Wilson these last two years. You know... I guess I struggle to to come up with a good comparison for him. And, you know, even the one that comes to mind the most, I mean, that's a, probably a best-case scenario for DJ Wilson. But the one that I keep coming back to, again, best case, is uh, basically Derrick Jones and how Miami used him. And look, nice player, and you can find the spots for him where he is effective, but look at how Miami used Derrick Jones. So ultimately, we're talking about a low-usage player who – DJ Wilson is never going to be what fans hoped he would be in November and December of that year. Maybe he's a lot better than what we saw this past year, um, but the ceiling is somewhere in the middle there for him.
1: Yeah, certainly the acquisition of Marvin Williams was, was the death knell for DJ Wilson getting any significant minutes uh, last season because you know then it became, well, even if Marvin gets injured, then Ersan's going to play. So he almost, he became the third man back in the rotation. And also the signing of Robin Williams. Uh, Robin Williams the signing of... Uh, <laughs> wow, that would be interesting signing, i got to tell you. But you know, I've done of, that
0: about 30 times. Where, <laughs> the, I don't know
1: why. The signing of Robin Lopez also uh, hurt him. That, that would be an interesting uh, face swap, by the way. If you put Robin Lopez hair on Marvin Williams' body, it would be, it'd be an interesting combination. But Robin Lopez... Also, because he basically through the regular season was, a, was an every-night player or thereabouts. So there was just no room for DJ Wilson. The other thing I'll say defensively, what you think the benefits of, of DJ Wilson playing in this defense is, again, absolutely in lineups where potentially you would have Giannis because uh, DJ Wilson is a guy that can switch a lot. And if you're switching... Then you can have Giannis at the five. He can switch uh, uh, to multiple positions out into the perimeter. So can DJ Wilson. He's got the athleticism. He's got the the ability to move his feet. Of course, you highlighted that one possession that everyone went absolutely nuts about. It was a one-off, but it is just a little insight into what he could potentially do in a different defensive system. So I think, again, he was a player there where his defensive strengths didn't necessarily fit what the Bucks were doing. Maybe next year, if there's a situation where the Bucs do become more creative defensively dj wilson could thrive i'll say that i think that's an optimistic projection with dj wilson there's no doubt but there would be some avenue i guess if he is a player by the way that's still on the roster obviously that 4.5 million dollars could potentially be an interesting addition to a trade and and you know maybe again i've said this before younger players uh, dj wilson's 24 now but younger players that haven't quite had their opportunity but showing little flashes sometimes get valued by other franchises. So there is a possibility that another team could want DJ Wilson. The other thing I'll say is, as far as the catch and shoot uh, question there from uh, from the listener, Paul Benson, while he was 27% on catch and shoot threes this season, uh, not great. I mean, again, we're talking about a very small volume, but he was also 26% on wide open threes. And And when I think about DJ Wilson shooting threes, as you pointed to, it's the above-the-break ones, but they were all wide open. And to be honest, a lot of the misses were not close. I mean, here, there was some Brooks getting thrown up there. The three-point shot did not look great. And I think ultimately that's been the biggest uh, cause for his minutes being lost. So you can point to the defensive side. You can point to perhaps stuff that we're not aware of on the practice floor, that kind of stuff. But yeah, his three-point shooting has hurt him. He's got to shoot. And unlike probably Dante DiVincenzo, who... Also has had his struggles shooting, but Dante clearly has been in a position of need, and the other things that he's able to do allowed him to stick in the rotation. DJ Wilson, not so much. He's in a tough, a tough spot to to crack into the rotation. It's really, really as simple as that.
0: You and I have uh, talked about this before too. In when it comes to guys like that, the trio, and you already mentioned Dante, but I think a lot of times we lump DJ and Dante and Sterling Brown together. Um, but I think the biggest difference between those three and what keeps Sterling at least closer to Dante uh, than it does DJ and and the difference between DJ and the other two is look there's there's something to be said for knowing your role and uh, assuming that role in in that uh, DJ Wilson Dante none of these guys are going to be asked to carry the load offensively but when you're out there you do still have to look to get your shot you want to play within the system but you have to be out there for all intents and purposes, hunting a shot. We've seen that trait from Dante for sure and from Sterling Brown as well. DJ Wilson, for whatever reason, and, and you know some coaches love this, he just seems very passive when he's out there. And maybe it's just part of the coaching and knowing, look, I, I want to you know, work my way into this system and I know what I'm asked to do. But even in garbage time, when we would see DJ, up until this past year, it increased a little bit, but you, you didn't really see that aggression offensively where he was just kind of you know, playing within the system and doing whatever came along here. And, you know, at some point that's great, but at some point you do have to be able to create some type of offense. And I think that's been probably the biggest deterrent and what's held him back at certain times. Um, it is interesting though, how you brought up the defensive ability in that look, I think a lot of what happens for DJ Wilson this coming year could hinge on what the Bucks do in free agency as well, where if this is basically it, where maybe they have some minor tinkering, but it's really on the wings and guard play that does open up the door where you look at the roster, how it's currently constructed. If you did want to go and, you know, do more switching and play with the honest at the five, if that is something that bud chooses to adopt, the most logical choice is more playing time. Uh, for DJ Wilson, but when you talk about uh, you know other teams looking to give minutes or opportunities to younger guys, as you pointed out, he's going to be 24. Maybe when the season starts, I think it's February. Um, he's only two years younger than Giannis, which <laughs> is you know I, I, it. Yes, Giannis came into the league as an 18 year old, but he's not exactly young. We're yeah, 24 in the grand scheme of things is young, but in the NBA. He's not that young, and he's basically the same age, I believe, or maybe he's a year younger uh, than Christian Wood, another guy who was in that conversation, too, of, well, who do we need to find minutes for and who's also out there on the market? So, um, you know, two very different players, obviously, and we've already gone through all that. But the whole DJ thing, I mean, young-ish, but it feels like we have this conversation a lot with players where you compare them to Giannis's age and say, well, but actually Giannis is, you know, younger than this guy, or he's only one or two years older than this guy, DJ going to be 24. He's young, but probably not as young as many people assumed.
1: All right. So the last topic I want to move on to today is the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets have had an interesting few days and really an interesting few months and fallout to the season, let's say that. Uh, We know Daryl Morey is out. We know the owner... (laughs) Well, an interesting calendar year, basically. uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, they really went all in on the small ball. We know that. Uh, There was the trade, obviously, with Clint Capella. Westbrook came in. It didn't end well, although there was certainly some optimism when the season went down that potentially they were able to do some damage, but it didn't work out. Now Morey's out. Now the owner, who knows what's going to happen there. I think there's significant... Uh, there's a significant chance that they'd go down the path of trying to trade uh, one of Westbrook or James Harden. End of an era, it feels like, in Houston, and I know that's, that's probably obvious with Daryl Morey moving on. Obviously, they weren't able to get over the hump and get to the NBA Finals. They were very, very close. Uh, I think the the trade or the, the lack of ability probably to have a relationship between Harden and Chris Paul hurt them because I think Chris Paul clearly... I think the, the narrative around Chris Paul being perhaps watched and perhaps at the end of, his end of the line came from his time in Houston and clearly the relationship that, that didn't go well between him and James Harden and he proved this year that walking away that he can actually be a good locker room presence and he can actually still be a really, really elite player, certainly an elite fourth quarter player as we saw all season. So, so what do the Rockets do now? Do you think there's a chance that, that James Harden is not playing for Houston next year? I
0: don't. Uh, I I think it would be more Russell Westbrook if you could find a suitor for him. Um, You know, it's interesting. Is I've heard quite a quite a bit of Rockets content in the last few days, and there's uh, people that fight whether or not Chris Paul is a better player than Russell Westbrook at this point. And I, I mean, look, I've never been the biggest Russ fan, but I don't think it's close. And the one thing that would concern me the most about Chris Paul is that he's 35 years old and he's going to turn 36 during next season. Um, And just, you know, buying high on a player has never been anything that I've been overly comfortable with. But, you know, in terms of Houston, I feel like Chris or excuse me, like James Harden is going to stay if for no other reason than uh, look, Tillman for knows this is the franchise and this is the best way for me to get some type of, you know, fans in here when we can have that and really sell interest in this team. Uh, And, and, you know, I would be curious too, because it seems like the general consensus is that uh, he wants to stay there and that it it wouldn't be a, okay, it's time to leave until the very last minute when he sees it start to crumble around him, which could be this year, you know, as all the things you outlined in Daryl Morey and, He seemed to be very polarizing, and I think what's unfair to Daryl is the fact that they haven't won a championship or played for one, so people take that as a knock against his method when, you know, in actuality, he basically shaped all of basketball that we're seeing now for the last few years, so he's certainly one of the better GMs that we've seen in the last few decades. Uh, But I I would think it would be Russell Westbrook. They would look to move, but, you know, if you're looking at players, I mean – You always kind of want to look where there is a GM on the hot seat or where a GM just came in and you're not quite sure, how is this guy going to construct a roster? or Is this a guy that we think we can fleece? Houston right now is probably the ideal one where you kind of circle the carcass and wait because, you know, if we're being honest, it sounds like their edict is let's cut as much money as possible. It looks like the franchise is in flux. They have some pretty attractive pieces, and you already know about guys like P.J. Tucker, who seems like those two are headed for a divorce, that you know, if you're looking to pick up one of those players, the Rockets are one of the teams that I think could have the busiest offseason, and that's certainly a team that I would have a lot of interest in at least kicking the tires on what they're making available. I just don't think it's going to be James Harden yet. I think that would be last possible minute or a year into the Rockets' steep decline, that they would decide to move on uh, from James Harden. But, you know, as as we just said, too, what if Giannis re-signed, even if it was a shorter-term deal and how much that would change things? Miami is a team we hear a lot that is linked to James Harden. What if that happens? Don't you just go all in at that point and say, okay, we'll take all these assets and we'll offer them to Houston and see if we can get James Harden?
1: I think so. As far as the other players on the roster there that you may be talking about, Robert Covington has a couple of years left, around $12 million per season, and also PJ Tucker, as you pointed to, $8 million. Uh, this is the most ridiculous thing that we'll probably talk about on the podcast uh, this offseason. So, uh, I saw some Bucks fans, and there were some polls going out there. Would you trade Milton Bledsoe? Basically, the whole, the whole thing for James Harden, and and like, that's, let's be real about this. If that was something that you could actually do, and as you pointed to, Giannis was with the team long-term, I mean, there's actually no one that, that wouldn't try and pair those two together maybe Giannis
0: well we don't know that maybe Giannis and James Harden
1: well that was the question that was a follow-up question I wanted to ask because uh, the interesting thing that that made me laugh so much about the possibility of those two playing together which by the way is zero okay they're they're not going to play together so this is all just us being ridiculous right now but them two playing together Harden is probably one of the only real rivals that Giannis has outside of bench players that hardly play and piss him off in in certain games. And Uh, potentially LeBron. Oh, yeah, maybe that one's building as well. But they wouldn't ever play together. And I wonder what Giannis would say. I wonder if Giannis would be like, yeah, I'm all on board with bringing in James Harden. I'd be super curious uh, to know. But if Giannis gave the tick of approval, let's be honest, no one in their right mind would actually say, no, no, I, I don't want Harden. I, I would prefer to keep the players we have. Let's like, that, not be ridiculous, because I saw a little bit of that on Buck's Twitter. And listen, yeah, I mean, I don't, particularly, I don't particularly enjoy watching James Harden play. I think the way he's carried on the last couple of years has been embarrassing. It makes him hard to like. But you would still pair him with Giannis. Let's not be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If, if you can get one of the... Do you, is he
0: one of the five best players in the league?
1: I mean, he, he, I mean, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. He's around. Yeah. there. Five, I mean, six, he's at yes.
0: least in the top seven to 10. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, if you can get, as we said at the top, we we talk about GMs that hoard assets and how great assets are and talking about the number of draft picks and young players you have, but what we've seen time and time again, look at how Boston built the big three, look at this Lakers team. There is no price that's too high to get a superstar. You can overpay good players. You can't overpay or overpay for superstars because with the same group, the Lakers are not winning a championship this year. And it's going to be the same thing in, um, you know, who knows, potentially Miami, but it's going to be the same thing in new Orleans where, yeah, they got this good return and they got all these pieces for Anthony Davis. But if Zion doesn't become a, you know, super duper star, they don't have that superstar that gives you the clear path to a championship. So that's, again, to round it all together, why you don't trade Giannis or any superstar because you only get so many bites at the apple. And when it's gone, it could be gone forever.
1: Absolutely, no doubt about that. The one thing that that would make me laugh is if the rivalry continued, I I wonder if Giannis would ever dunk on Harden in a game, even if they were playing in the same uniform. I I, I just, I I wonder. I wonder how they would actually get along. I wonder how much of the ball they would share with each other. I, I heard some... On a podcast, I can't remember where it was. They were talking about the fact that Harden at times did actually defer to Russell Westbrook a bit this season, and that was because you know, he has that, that respect, that MVP respect, I guess, for Russell Westbrook. It, it also
0: seemed like it was a, a calculated, veiled shot at Chris Paul too.
1: Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No doubt. And I think that that's the thing that with Harden that that's why it's so it's so difficult to like him because of the way he's he's act, acted the last few seasons certainly public as well publicly uh, as well. But uh, you know, just interesting to see what happens with the Rockets moving forward. The one thing I will say, Justin, and and this is again this has been the case for the last couple of seasons. There's no doubt about that. But we really, if you're looking at it from a Bucs perspective, Bucks fans, you've got to keep an eye on what the other teams are doing as well. And you have to be fearful of what the other teams are doing around Milwaukee because, yes, we can focus on the moves that the Bucs need to make for themselves. Yes, we can focus on the Giannis extension. But that Houston situation, as you sort of pointed to, you don't want James Harden coming to the East. That is the last yeah. thing you want. And if they find a way to combine uh, Butler, Adebayo, and Harden, and I don't know how that works out. I'd have to look at it. But that's not good news. That's really, really bad news for the rest of the teams in the East and the Bucks.
0: Well, and you know, we talk about Miami as lurking a lot, but really, I don't know if if we're paying enough attention. The team that I guess as much as Miami, maybe more, that would concern me if not just a Bucks fan, but if I'm an Eastern Conference fan, um, is the Brooklyn Nets because we know they want to add a third superstar, and they do have guys like Karis LeVert that they could put into a deal where you do have some young talent. Uh, Jared Allen's another guy where you could take both of those guys and include some draft capital as well and put together a nice package where you're selling (laughs) Kyrie Irving, as polarizing as he is, Kevin Durant, even though we don't know what version of it it's going to be. But I am guessing there are going to be a lot of players too that are going to want to play for Steve Nash and are going to be intrigued by that. And who knows? You know, We talked about the possibility of – what if Bud could round out his staff with somebody like Kenny Atkinson? Well, what if Steve Nash could round out his coaching staff with you know, someone like Mike D'Antoni? That Brooklyn, to me, is the team that's out there lurking in the East. That I'd be curious to see what that team looks like as we move into the start of the season.
1: No doubt. And you mentioned Christian Wood earlier. Uh, christian wood apparently working out with a couple of those guys out in brooklyn he's a free agent and maybe he wants to play for a winner he probably wants to get paid as well we spoke about christian wood a, a little bit yesterday but i think we can i think we can leave it there for today the one thing i am absolutely certain of by the time we record again tomorrow there will be some more news out there the way uh, things are going here and uh under a month's little draft so things are going to start to heat up as frank pointed to yesterday uh you know if the bucks are going to make a trade it There's a, there's a high chance it could happen before the draft as well. So uh, keep an eye out, keep your eye on the news, make sure you keep listening to this podcast. And uh, as for our question today, keep sending them through because we will run through them on the podcast. But Justin, appreciate it. It's nice to talk to you on a Monday.
0: Yeah. You get uh, your, your listeners give you much better questions than the ones that I get, which are typically just, why are you still here? But uh, (laughs) yeah. So keep them coming
1: oh Bucks fans come on the brewers are finished the the box you know b- b- basketball fans they're ready to go i mean this is normally the time of the year where we're getting fired up for opening night so i think i think all Bucks fans are, are well and truly locked in right now which we love they're, they're, they've got a twitter presence let's just say that it is so
0: hard i mean not to keep harping on it it is so hard to believe we're not getting ready i understand we just saw a season end but the fact that it's mid-October and we're not getting ready for a season begin and processing, we're going to go through things like you know Thanksgiving and, and in all likelihood Christmas Day, New Year's Day probably too with no basketball games.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. This is normally the time of year I'm jumping on a plane uh, to to come over there, and I actually don't don't even think even if I wanted to I can actually possibly do that right now. So who knows what's up? Who knows when I'll get back? Who knows when the basketball season will start? But as I said. Get your questions through, get your theories through at lockdownbox lockdownbox at gmail.com. Justin, appreciate it. Anytime, my man. All right, we will be back tomorrow. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. You guys will probably decide that, but stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.